Bruce Cassidy wanted to remain head coach of the Boston Bruins and was told that it would be status quo heading into next season. What changed and who's to blame for his dismissal? We're going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and happy Friday, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren. And this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Friday, June 10th, Jurassic Park Dominion Day. Taking the fam to see that movie this afternoon, very excited. Uh, But here now to talk to you about our Boston Bruins and the ongoing Bruce Cassidy firing saga. I want to thank you off the top for making Locked On Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available on all podcast platforms. So whether you're an Apple user, Spotify, Pocket Casts, smash that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. The podcast is also available on YouTube if you're watching. Hello. And uh, you can follow along on the Locked On Boston Bruins YouTube channel where I will occasionally drop some bonus content. On social media, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, hockey tweets, at Ian C. McLaren. So this week on the podcast, largely dominated by Bruce Cassidy's dismissal at the hands of the Boston Bruins. And at his behest... A Zoom call was organized with Bruins Media on Thursday for him to not only say his farewells, but also take questions from the media in regards to his time with the Bruins and his untimely dismissal. Now, during that Zoom, uh, Joe McDonald, a longtime uh Bruins reporter tweeted that Bruce Cassidy had been told that he was safe after his exit interview a couple of weeks ago. Now, I didn't hear Bruce say that specifically in the call. That tweet of Joe's took off. He said, A few minutes later, let me clarify, Cassidy did not say that during his media availability today. He had heard that previously. Amelie Benjamin, another longtime Bruins uh, reporter, previous podcast guest as well, jumped in on the call and asked whether or not Cassidy had indeed been told that he would be coming back next season. And he confirmed that. Cassidy was under the impression after his exit meeting 
that the Bruins would have him back as head coach, saying that his job was status quo. He said, I wanted to come back and coach the Bruins. It's been a privilege and an honor. 14 years here in different capacities in this organization. The Bruins basically tattooed to me. Is it a raw deal? I don't know about that. I felt I did my job. But again, he was under the impression that everything was status quo heading into the offseason and to next season. That he would be back as Bruins head coach. A role that, quite honestly, he still would like to have. The Bruins obviously opted to go in a different direction. Don Sweeney on Tuesday saying he felt the message and how it was being delivered and how it was being received needed to change. Players felt they were very well prepared, but at times, young and old, they struggled. And sometimes that's the voice in their head. And ultimately, that decision takes us in a different path. Cassidy said he believes in himself when it comes to coaching young guys. In his next challenge, he'll be sure to be mindful of the messaging. He respects Cassidy, or sorry, he respects Sweeney when he talks about what you need to do better. He's been in the game a long time. Cassidy not under the impression that he's a perfect coach. He's always trying to learn to better himself, as we all should. And he said that's something he's going to take and do his next job. Drive home the accountability, though, because I don't think you have much of a team if players aren't held accountable. And so here's where the point of difference appears to be between management and Bruce Cassidy. There's this idea that his message wasn't being received by some younger players and that he wasn't able to get the most out of them. There was one line that Cassidy said yesterday that really stuck out to me, and he said, no coach buys their own groceries, meaning you are stuck with what is in the cart, and that cart is selected by management. So if you want to integrate younger players into the lineup, like a Jack Stanika, like uh, Anton Bleed, uh, Oscar Steen, how is he supposed to do that when on the first day of free agency you fill that cart with Eric Halla, Thomas Nosek, uh, Nick Foligno, Derek Forbort? On defense, although he emerged as a pretty key player in the playoffs, specifically on the penalty kill. But a huge storyline last year was Jack Stadnika bulking up, earning his shot at least to play second, third line center with David Krejci leaving, Charlie Coyle bumping up, bringing a young guy like Stadnika. But how is he supposed to fit him in? after Don Sweeney already went out and spent a considerable amount of cap space on these veteran forwards. It doesn't make 
it doesn't make sense. Um, so Cassidy was kind of stuck there. And at the same time, you're trying to win. If you're a younger team, a rebuilding team, there's not as much pressure to win. You have the luxury of taking time to integrate younger players into the lineup and give them time to make mistakes, to find their way. Bruce Cassidy didn't necessarily have that leeway because the pressure was on him to win. He was very successful as Boston Bruins head coach, and yet not putting those young guys into the lineup is ultimately a big reason why he is currently unemployed, but that won't be for long. Bottom line, he was told he would be back. Something changed over the last couple of weeks. And in my mind, it's not necessarily on Don Sweeney. It's coming from above. And we're going to talk about that more here in a moment. But first, a quick word about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the ongoing basketball championship between our Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors, NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. have an important favor to ask you now. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. Won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you so much for your help. So Bruce Cassidy also revealed yesterday that a number of teams have been in contact with him since he was told Monday that the Bruins were opting out of the final year of his contract. Again, he said he was under term. He wanted to coach the Bruins. He expected to be coaching the Bruins. And at the end of the day, do I still want to be in Boston? Absolutely, he said. Do I want to coach in this league? Yes, as soon as possible, because it's what I do, and I love to do it. And, let's be honest, he's very good at it. After being promoted by the Bruins, when Claude Julien was fired in 2017, he um, posted a 6.72, I believe, winning percentage 
in the regular season with the Bruins, winning the Jack Adams in 2020, taking the team to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in 2019. And he said uh, yesterday, that is a tough memory for him. He apologized to the fans for not getting it done. And, you know, it's unfinished business that he hoped to clear up in Boston. But another opportunity is going to arise because of the work he did in Boston. At the end of the day, he said, great memories. It's part of the business. Learn from it and be better next time. There's six coaching vacancies in the NHL, including the Bruins, but also the Dallas Stars, Detroit Red Wings, Philadelphia Flyers, Vegas Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets. Chicago Blackhawks, Florida Panthers both have interim head coaches, and those could open up as well. Florida, if that opens up, that would be the best opening for him. I can see him also going to Detroit based on his relationship with Steve Eisman. They both grew up in the same town. So again, the decision came as a surprise to Cassidy. General Manager Don Sweeney went to Cassidy's house on Monday to let him know the news. Cassidy did not take it well because he was under the impression that he was coming back. What changed? I tweeted yesterday that as much as I hate to say it, I think a big part of Boston making this decision seemingly kind of in turmoil at the moment is because of Cam Neely. He was my guy growing up. He was my first favorite Bruin, my first favorite hockey player. But as team president, it seems as though he's holding the team back in certain ways. I think Sweeney and Cassidy were more on the same page than Neely and Cassidy. Not to say Sweeney is... Just a a puppet per se or a mouthpiece. But he has to answer to Neely. Neely has to answer to ownership. The coach is the easy scapegoat in this situation. In order for Sweeney to get that contract's extension, which he has yet to sign as far as we know, he has to do Neely's bidding, ownership's bidding, The fact that they didn't get more playoff dates, get more money. You know, people say Bruins ownership, not interested in winning. I disagree. They want those playoff dates. They want to recoup as much as possible from what they've lost over the pandemic, certainly. We heard uh, Sweeney talk earlier this week about adding team toughness. That's coming from Cam Neely. There's no question about it. And it's kind of a old school mentality. Doesn't necessarily fit in with today's NHL. Um, you look at teams that are successful, for the most part, are built on speed, skill, 
yes, there's a place for size, physicality. Um, the Bruins struggle to create space in front of the net. Uh, things like that. But, you know, if you're drafting a guy like Trent Frederick over at Alex Dabrinkit because of his size and physicality and, you know, not valuing speed and skill from Dabrinkit because he's not as big, that's a mistake. And that's something that they can't continue to repeat. So again, as much as I hate to say it, I really do think that Cam Neely, yeah, it's becoming more and more of a problem. And I think that this decision was a button that he pushed or told Sweeney to push. And that's coming from ownership as well. Um... If they somehow believe that a new coach is going to get more out of this team, more power to them. I'm not sure I see it. And this decision, a lot of the talk earlier in the week was, well, maybe the players were behind this. But, you know, Bruce Cassidy even said yesterday he had a great relationship with Bergeron. He'd take him with him if he could, heaven forbid. So is this decision going to be taken by some players as what are we doing? Are we moving into a transition period, a rebuild? Do we want to commit long-term? These are all questions that come up when you make a decision as baffling as this. And I even read an article from the Toronto Sun, not the most reliable publication, but suggesting that the Bruins fire Cassidy in order to not be as competitive next year, in order to take a step back and not risk being a bubble team sneaking into the playoffs, but um, getting a high draft pick, setting yourself up for success by taking a step back. That's kind of prompted by these injuries, Bergeron's uncertainty, and um, just accepting your losses, starting over, not starting over, but bringing in a new coach and looking to 2023, 2024. It's a risk and um, I'm not sure it's going to pan out, but we'll have to see. Again, the issue is more personnel-based and philosophy-driven from the president, general manager position, and uh, Bruce Cassidy certainly scapegoated getting a raw deal. And uh, I wish him the best. I only had limited time interacting with him on Zoom in the bubble. Uh, but he was always very gracious, kind to me. You know, referring to me by my first name. Uh, instead of just not even taking the time to absorb who was speaking to him. Uh, he's a great 
guy, a great family man, and uh, certainly wish him all the best uh, moving forward. So that brings us to, I believe, the conclusion of discussions on the Bruce Cassidy firing, the fallout, Don Sweeney's rationale, Bruce Cassidy's own reaction. Uh, there are some contenders that are emerging. Uh, that's something we'll discuss more in depth next week, as well as get back to the Don Sweeney trade history series in advance of silly season around the NHL and um, the draft, which is coming up just under a month. Also going to be looking at Don Sweeney's draft history. And that's a biggie because, again, no coach buys his own groceries. He's only able to work with the ingredients that are placed in there by the front office. And again, if you're expecting first round results out of second, third round talent, if you're expecting youth to be integrated into the lineup when you are filling it with veterans like Hala, Nosik, Felino, there's only so much the coach can do. And, you know, from January 1st on, this was a top 10 team in the NHL. Bruce Cassidy deserves a lot of credit for that. I even said a few weeks ago that he should have been in the, the conversation for Jack Adams. But alas, um, this is where we are. And as a result, there's a huge gap in public perception between Sweeney and Neely and Bruce Cassidy, and rightfully so. It's clear that Bruce Cassidy was done dirty by the Bruins. Keep in mind, though, that, like I said, Sweeney does not yet have a contract extension signed that we know of. It, perhaps it's been signed. They don't want to announce it because they know that their social media feeds will be full of a backlash. We're under the assumption that he's directing the team into the draft, into free agency. And they don't have a lot of cap space to work with. Under $3 million without having Patrice Bergeron yet signed. He might be someone who signs later on in the season. Um, they'll have some space in terms of LTIR with McAvoy, Grizzlick, Marchand all out for the first couple months. But they might not be able to really use that because once those guys come back, you have to clear that space out. Having said that, there are quite a few big names that could be available on the trade market this season. I mentioned Alex DeBrinket earlier, Frank Saravelli of Daily Faceoff. He's kind of in the same boat DeBrinket is as um, David Posternock. He's got one more season under his deal with a cap hit of $6.4 million AAV. And Saravelli says, the question seems to be when and not if the Hawks will move the two-time 40-goal scorer. 
this summer or before the trade deadline. It seems odd that the Blackhawks would want to move a sniper just hitting his prime with more goals than Nathan McKinnon and Brad Marchand over the last four seasons, but he's Chicago's best trade chip to begin stockpiling future assets. By the time Chicago gets to where it wants, he'll be middle-aged by NHL standards, and with a $9 million qualifying offer due at the end of next season, they need to pay big to keep him on what should be a struggling squad. It's kind of reminiscent of Pasternak, but in Pasta's case, it seems as though they might look to trade him if he's unwilling to re-sign. To bring it here, seems happy in Chicago, um, but they are getting ahead of things by uh, trading him after next season. Tain and Caves will come off the books. They'll have a ton of money, and they seem to be going hard for Bedard as a piece to build around. Is this something the Bruins should be doing? Should they be proactive in tearing down, or should they try to eke things out with the current roster? I mean, everything is up in the air at this point. Really seem a bit directionless. They've lost some identity. To begin the season, for sure, they'll not be unrecognizable, but they're going to be without Martian, McAvoy, perhaps Bergeron, Grizzlick. Uh, it's going to be a very different-looking team to begin next season. And uh, whoever comes in as head coach, it's going to be a tall task to match Bruce Cassidy's performance, much less even come close to uh, achieving the success that he did as a member or as Boston Bruins head coach. So that's it for this week's episodes, friends. I want to thank you so much for taking some time to listen, to hear my thoughts on all of this this week. Uh, it really means a lot that you're tuning in, staying engaged with the Bruins, and um, yeah, we'll see if next week quiets down in terms of news. Get back to these uh, lookbacks at Sweeney's decision-making process, and um, hopefully there will be some better news when it comes to our Bruins moving forward. And again, we wish all the best to Bruce Cassidy. Hope he lands in a position where he is able to continue to succeed. And uh, he will be missed, no, no doubt about it. Hope you all have a great weekend planned. Like I mentioned off the top, going to see Dominion tonight. Got a softball tournament tomorrow. Community picnic on Sunday. It's going to be a busy one. But we'll be back on Monday to talk all things black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day.